0: All right. Hello, everybody. It's Pastor Paul. Monday morning, October 16th, 2023. So glad that you have joined us. Of course, the last two weeks have been a little different as far as these devotionals go. We've been, were, had been broadcasting from Greece and Turkey as we trace the footsteps of Paul with a group, travel group that went over from Four Oaks. And Hope that was beneficial and profitable. Those things are still posted online in perpetuity for you to look at if you want to observe. But we are back to our regular rhythm here this Monday morning. We're making our way through the Gospel of Matthew, and we are in Matthew chapter 12. Now, if you're new to these, what we typically do um, on any given week is we are looking at the passage that we're going to be studying or preaching through that coming Sunday, So in that way, you're sort of getting an inside look at how we can approach God's Word, how I'm working through it, how you're working through it. Um, Hopefully, you're able to be chewing on it, marinating on it, and then we come to Sunday and and hear the sermon. And hopefully, what that's doing is giving you some tools to know how to interpret and apply God's Word for yourself versus just receiving information you're getting some biblical tools to to study God's word. Now, saying all that, we're gonna start this week off a bit differently um, because as we ended our message yesterday, and this was the message from Matthew chapter 12 where Jesus and the Pharisees are getting into a dispute about the Sabbath, what was allowed, what was not allowed on the Sabbath. I think we, we covered that text well in terms of its main thrust. But I think that there was still some lingering questions that weren't the primary point of the passage, but still are nonetheless relevant for us and that do press themselves forward um, related to how we as Christians here in the 21st century are to understand the Sabbath or the Lord's day. And so, because the passage we're going to be looking at this coming Sunday is, is a short passage, um, I thought it would be helpful if we spend a day or two or so um, going back to the passage. We were just in spending a little more time in that, and hopefully providing some some clarity about some of the issues that were that were raised. Okay, so so now let me say I'm I'm flying blind here a little bit because I don't know exactly how much time. We're going to spend on this. Maybe we'll get it all in today. Maybe it'll be two days, um, maybe three. I don't know. So it's always a little scary flying blind, but I thought we would get rolling into it and then see what sort of questions, issues emerge. So, so let me go back and read the passage again from yesterday. This is Matthew 12, 1 through 14. And let's dig in. Now, at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests?' Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. He went on from there and entered their synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand, and they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? so that they might accuse him. He said to them, which one of you who has a sheep, if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out, and it was restored healthy like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. So our main focus of this passage yesterday when we preached on it was this idea that um, the, the Pharisees were seeking to establish their own righteousness, self-sufficiency, um, pride, lording it over others through their adoption of extra biblical commands related to the Sabbath. And what Jesus does, he sticks a a thing of dynamite into it, it explodes that and says, you've, you've got the nature of religion all wrong. All wrong. True, true religion is, is a reflection of the heart and not that it doesn't matter what we do or how we work out the commands of God, but they have to flow from a transformed heart, a humble heart, a heart that is given up on its self-sufficiency and that it's seeking to build its life Around the clear commands of God's word, not extra biblical man made rules and traditions. I think that's the point of the text. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. However, it does raise the issue um, as to well, we, we definitely see Jesus correcting their misunderstanding of the Sabbath, but is there any relevance for us as Christians um, when it comes to the Sabbath? Um, how are we to view that? Because after all, um, the Sabbath is in the Ten Commandments. It's it's the fourth command, and 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 we want to be thinking. Well, what exactly does that mean? So, how is that relevant to us? Is it is it relevant to us? Um, now, l- let me start off by 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 staking out what I think are two different positions on a spectrum. and and then kind of talk about what lies in the middle. So there's one um, perspective on the spectrum, and I think it's probably the default one of most Christians who are alive in the world today, including us, Americans, is that in reality, we don't really think about the Sabbath at all. We, it's kind of an, it's, it's, again, there might be vestiges of it where stores are closed and we do go to church on Sunday. But by and large, it doesn't really play a factor into how we order our lives or what we do or don't do or what our priorities should be, how we should be thinking about that. It's, it's just, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. That's all of that Pharisee, rabbinical, Old Testament stuff. So, so that's one perspective. It's probably the one you're most familiar with, maybe just by default. Well, there, there's a second position and this would be more familiar to you if you're from a reformed background or um, a high church background or a Presbyterian background, um, a background that, that is rooted in the Protestant Reformation and that finds expression in some of those particular um, traditions. And probably the most well-known statement of this, of this position is found in the Westminster Confession of Faith, which is the uh, orthodox standards for uh, the Presbyterian Church and others. And in and, and here, versus being an afterthought, the, the Sabbath, in this reform perspective, plays a high degree of prominence. It's, it's, a, it's a huge role for the Sabbath. Um, it's seen as binding. It's seen as, as vital. It's seen... As important, and I want to read from the Confession of Faith the two articles, and these are kind of in the Old English, so just bear with me, and I'll try to work through them. Um, And and it articulates this position well. Here's here's Article Number Seven. It says, "As it is the law of nature that in general a due proportion of time be set apart for the worship of God, so in His Word by a positive moral and perpetual commandment, binding all men in all ages." He hath particularly appointed one day in seven for a Sabbath to be kept holy unto him, which from the beginning of the world to the resurrection of Christ was the last day of the week, and from the resurrection of Christ was changed into the first day of the week, which in Scripture is called the Lord's Day, and is to be continued to the end of the world as the Christian Sabbath. So let me pause right there. This article says, The Sabbath was instituted by God in creation, um, given to mankind and his people for their good and his glory. And that um, through the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, this was the last day of the week called the Sabbath. But when Jesus rose from the grave in the first day of the week, Christians stopped observing the Sabbath on the last day of the week, Saturday as the Jews did, and began observing it on the first day of the week. And they called it the Lord's Day. And this was um, their gathering point as believers. That's, that's where our origin of worshiping on the first day of the week comes from. So, so that's the first thing. Second thing, the Sabbath, now this is important. What are we to be doing on the Sabbath? This Sabbath is then kept holy unto the Lord when men, after a due preparing of their hearts, in ordering of their common affairs beforehand, do not only observe a holy rest all the day from their own works, words, and thoughts about their worldly employments and recreations, but also are taken up the whole time in the public and private exercises of his worship and in the duties of necessity and mercy. So this article spells out specifically what is it that we are to be doing and not doing on the Sabbath. And this article affirms not only do we observe it as a day of rest from works, uh, words, worldly thoughts, but also our employments and recreations. So what does that mean? That means not only our work, but things that we would normally do in the course of our lives for, for hobbies, for fun for relaxation, things like going jet skiing or going to the football game or watching a movie, those, those sorts of things. And instead we are to be fully devoted to the public and private exercises of worship. So worshiping as the Lord's on the Lord's day as God's people, worshiping privately in our homes, meditating, reading, praying, being together, um, going to church on Sunday night, those, those sorts of things. And that the only things outside of that, that one should be allowed to do, um, and this takes us all the way back to Matthew chapter 12, is what it calls duties of necessity and mercy. Now, those two ideas that we are allowed to do what is necessary and what is merciful or loving to others um, for for the Perform tradition that comes from Matthew 12, right? So Jesus talks about pulling a, a an ox out of the ditch on the Sabbath. That would be a work of necessity. Okay. So your car breaks down going to church. You by absolutely, you for sure are allowed to call a tow truck or change your tire or something like that. It's it's a it's an act of necessity or a, an act of mercy. Helping others, so Jesus healed this man, and so of course we are allowed to do things like serve at church, um, take take a take a meal over to our to our neighbor, um, to to you know do things that would be oriented to the good and welfare of our neighbor and other people. Okay. And again, that would be rooted in Matthew 12. So that might be a real foreign concept to you, but some of you may be from a background that really emphasize more of a Sabbatarian perspective of the way to order your week. In fact, I, um, I was I went to a seminary that was very ordered in this way. And so you could not do things on Sunday like play tennis or wash your car or do or, or let me just put it this way those things were frowned upon right so so th- those would be the two ends of the spectrum sort of an a, a strict adherence versus just it's kind of an afterthought now w- what are we to do with that you Now i'm looking at the t- clock here and realizing oh we're, we're probably going to spend two or three days on this which is fine uh, i'm glad to do it it's helpful for me as well um let me just say let me tell you what i think the crucial issue is here, and then I'll point you towards where I think we're going to be heading in the next day or two. So the crucial issue here is this, is because it's included in the Ten Commandments, is is, is the Sabbath, is that a creation ordinance? In other words, is that something given to man, all men, to be observed by all men and available to all men, or... Is it something specifically given to God's people, okay? And the reason that's important, okay, is that, for example, we would say marriage is a creation ordinance, right? It's not just given to Christians, it's given to all of mankind. It's rooted in Genesis 1 and 2. Well, those who say that that Sabbath is a creation order would root it in Genesis 1 and 2, and say it's it's given to to everyone for everyone's benefit. Now, the other perspective would be no. Um, the only the first time we are actually told that God's people are commanded to observe the Sabbath is in the Old Covenant Law, right? That's the first time we know that God God rested on the seventh day, but we don't see anything uh, about observing the Sabbath rest until we get to the Mosaic law. So there's one side, it has, it's more of a creation ordinance versus it's a mosaic ordinance. And how you view those things have real important implications. Because if you view it more as a creation ordinance, you're going to probably put more emphasis on the fact that it's ongoing, it's enduring, it's a permanent institution in this life but if it's part of the mosaic economy then you might say well no it was given for a time and a place under the old covenant but it is no longer valid for us in the same way that that was fulfilled by jesus that that part of the mosaic economy um, which wasn't which, which was really just a part of how they ordered their civil and ceremonial life that that that, that time is past it's been fulfilled by Christ, and now we're under a new economy of grace. Now, where do you fall on that? Well, that's what we're going to be spending some time on. And l- let me just give you this: would be your one little, one little uh, homework tool, or, or, or maybe just something that you would meditate on. Let me just say, from my perspective, I think both of those perspectives. Okay, it's irrelevant it's out of mind, out of sight, uh, no ongoing relevance, versus a strict adherence like we find in the reform perspective, I think both of those miss the mark in some important ways. And of course, to maintain that, um, I think it's going to be important that we go, where else? To the scriptures to see what the New Testament has to say about this. Now, one one resource I'll, I'll give to you, um, the law of perfect freedom. Michael Horton, um, he it's an it's an exposition of the Ten Commandments. He's a reformed guy. Um, he articulates a perspective that I think is very fair, and that we're going to talk about tomorrow. But but I know this this devotional today has been a little pedantic, a little teachy. Let me just encourage you, look. In a concordance, look in your study Bible for the word Sabbath or Lord's Day, and just read those passages. See what they say. Sabbath, you're mainly going to, you're you're actually going to find that word in both the Old and the New Testaments. So you're going to find the Lord's Day um, in the New Testament related to Christian worship. Read those passages, make note of what it says, and then we'll come back here tomorrow and dig in together. Let me pray. Lord, if it's true that, that, that all of your word is inspired, we want to know all of it. We want to we be familiar. We want to be able to articulate truth and conform our lives to it. And so, Father, give us wisdom to know what this means to honor you with our time, our day, our worship, our rest. So, Lord, help us. Help us to be good stewards. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, everybody. See you tomorrow. Do that homework. We'll be back here.